Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22 year old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full-time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I also do YouTube, this podcast, Instagram blogging. I own two businesses, one being an apparel company and one being a candle company. And I also do freelance video editing on the side. So that's a little bit about me, this podcast, like it's called Behind the Girl Boss. I love to talk to different women who are in any type of entrepreneur, social media forefront. Um, I love to talk to people about their journey, where they're at in their journey, how they got there, their hopes for the future, and just to kind of like get to know more about them other than what they are doing. Like if they're a YouTuber, I want to know like more about what they like and like how they got to where they are and why they do YouTube. Or if they're a business owner, the steps that they took to like create this business and why they created it. I just love to like learn everyone's story because I find every single person's story is so unique. There's always things that make it different compared to other people's. So I just love that. And this podcast is exactly that. This podcast is very heavily um, interview based and I just love it. I've met so many cool people along the way doing this and it's only gonna go up from here. So I'm super excited. Um, about this episode today. Today we're talking to Sarah Jenkins. I really hope I said her name right. I feel like I'll always mess people's names up, but today we have Sarah Jenkins on the podcast. Sarah is a Canadian content creator, which is so cool because I find that at the forefront of social media, it's always like American creators. So it's cool to talk to Canadian ones like myself. So Sarah is a Canadian content creator. She currently creates content on TikTok. She does mainly daily vlogs. I love to watch them. It's just... I don't know, there's something like so peaceful and motivating about her vlogs. So she does TikTok. She's also a digital studio producer um, for a company and she shows us a lot of that on her TikToks. And I kind of just wanted to talk to her on the podcast today about her journey through college, her journey at her job and how she started TikTok and why she started it and kind of where she sees herself going in the future. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and here we go. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have Sarah with us on the podcast. So hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Uh, for sure. I'm Sarah. I'm a 24-year-old producer turned, I guess, TikTok daily vlogger, um, producer by day, TikTok daily vlogger by night. I grew up in a small town outside Toronto, and then I went to Ryerson in Toronto for university, and I took sport media, and now I work in the sport content industry. I work at CBC Sports as the lead of their digital studio, and then I also, on the side, make my own content, and I daily vlog my life on TikTok about living in downtown Toronto. Awesome. Well, before we kind of jump into the interview part of the podcast, I kind of wanted to do a hot seat segment. I do this every um, episode to kind of just like break the ice and everything. So what would you say is your go-to alcoholic drink? At a bar, it's a vodka soda. Um, but if I'm at home, it's an espresso martini. Ooh, I've never actually had that. <laughs> so good. Especially when you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what's one show you can watch over and over and never get tired of? Um, either Friends or The Office. I'd probably lean more The Office because when I watched Friends most recently, I kind of got tired of it. But yeah, maybe <laughs> Friends or The Office. I feel like I'm the only person that's never watched The Office. 
And honestly, everyone says that, and once they do, they get hooked. So I think New Girl is going to become a show I will watch over and over again. I only watched yes, it. I watched I started that. watching it in quarantine. I think that's going to become one that I get addicted to. Yes, it's really good. And the last one is, who is your current celebrity crush? Uh, forever Chris Evans. I adore Chris yes. Evans with all <laughs> of my heart. And I recently got on Chris Evans' TikTok, like where all of my mm-hmm. For You page videos have been Chris Evans. Don't hate we it. We love that. Don't hate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so I kind of split up the podcast into sections. So we're going to start off with your school, like where you went to school and everything, um, your current job, um, TikTok, and then questions that people asked on Instagram. So you kind of brushed upon this already, but where did you go to college and what was your major and what kind of got you interested in this specific major? So I went to Ryerson for sport media. So I actually always knew I wanted to go to Ryerson for the RTA school of media, like the media Mm -hmm. program there, because it's the number one media program in the country. And I just always have my eyes set on it. And then the year I was applying, they introduced the sport media program, which I, it was the first year that had been a thing. I would, Mm -hmm. I would be part of the first graduating class. So I just decided to apply to both because I played hockey my whole life, always played sports. And then I actually wasn't allowed to play hockey anymore due to concussions. So Mm -hmm. my dad was actually the one's kind of like, I mean, you might as well work in sports, like bring your two loves together of sport and media. Mm -hmm. And also there was just something really cool about being the first graduating class. So that was a huge allure for me, which ended up being like the reason I have a job in this industry is because of that. Like the, we, we got a lot of like foot in the door early. So I did that. And that's kind of, I guess, I guess it was just like my love of hockey that got me into it. But I always knew I wanted to do media. That was kind of just a given. And I always wanted to go to Ryerson and live in the big city. <laughs> yes. How would you say like, was your Ryerson experience? Because that was actually like the second school that I wanted to go to um, if I didn't get into the one I'm going to now. So how was like your experience there and everything? Um, I loved it. I mean, Ryerson's a very different university because you're kind of thrown into the industry the second you get there because mm-hmm. everything's such at your fingertips. Like my part-time jobs while I was at school, I was like part-time working at the CBC. Like I was already part-time working in the industry as opposed mm-hmm. to if you go to a university town where you very much like go and live in that university town and like uh, you experience university and then you start your career at Ryerson you kind of start your career the second you walk through the door which has mm-hmm. its pros and cons obviously it got me a little bit further in my career than I think most people would be at my age but also at the same time like I didn't get that like classic university experience of living in a university town having hoco and that kind of stuff yeah do you like did you ever want at one point to like go to school outside of Toronto no no not really I mean I did apply to other schools outside Toronto like I very much was like into it the idea of it but there was just mm-hmm. none that I like I don't know I just knew I was going to end up here anyways and I kind of just mm-hmm. wanted to get a head start and now I can't really imagine myself anywhere else to be honest like I think I mean I went to go visit homecomings and stuff and that was always mm-hmm. cool to visit but I was like very happy to come back here makes sense um do you think you'd ever go back to school for any other degree or like a master's or anything like that uh, like, I'll, yeah, probably like I was going to say hundred percent, but maybe not hundred percent, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think about it. I, especially during the pandemic when I lost a lot of my freelance work before I got my now position that I'm in, like, I was really thinking like, maybe I should just go get my MBA or something. Mm-hmm. At one point I really wanted to go to Columbia in New York city to get a master's, but those cost like a hundred thousand dollars and uh, I can't afford that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I definitely, it's something I consider my mom has like, is working on her PhD and like, she's always done higher education. So it very much was like a thing in my household. My sister is applying for her MBA. So it's like normal. Like my boyfriend's mm-hmm. in law school, like everyone around me goes for higher education so I could definitely see myself doing that for sure makes sense um so during university you kind of spoke about this a bit but did you have any internships that you've done and if yes do you think it was beneficial for you 
So I actually had a tweet pop off about internships uh, in the summer. It was about unpaid internships because I don't think they should exist. Like, I don't think you should Same. have free labor and unpaid internships. I think what I tweeted was unpaid internships give privileged, more privileged people the opportunity to get further ahead than those who are already underprivileged because it's a privilege to be able to work for free. For you to be able to live in a city like Toronto pay rent and then take a, a th job where you work 40 hours a week and you're not getting paid like that's hours that you could be working at like your part-time job in retail or like whatever mm -hmm. it might be so I couldn't afford to take an unpaid internship so I never did it I got offered a few of them turned them all down uh my internship quote-unquote was my part-time job at the CBC where I was just a production assistant and a PA is basically like an intern but you're paid like you're like an yeah. employee and you just do like I used to do airport pickup. Like I would stand there with the little sign at the airport <laughs> that says CBC sports and like direct people to like the car and whatnot. Like I used to do that kind of stuff, like the grunt work or whatever. Yeah. So I was, I was very fortunate or I used summer student grants, which is like another way that people can get work in the summer for like students is, uh, I worked for a lot of NSOs so and uh, national sport organizations where I would do content for them. And all they had to do was pay me through the student grant. The student grant's like $18 an hour or something. So I, those were all things that helped me, but I never actually did like a quote unquote internship because I could straight up just couldn't afford to do an unpaid internship. I couldn't give up work hours for that. No, it's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm looking for like an internship right now in New York and they're like legally not allowed to give you unpaid ones. But the way they do that is they do like $1 an hour internships. And I'm like, I don't like, I don't understand how like people think that's okay to do that. It's just like crazy to me. It just needs to be like, if everyone made it the standard that they were paid like minimum wage, then like it'd be fine. But the issue mm -hmm. is like, there's this weird complex people have, especially older people that go, well, I did an unpaid internship. I paid my dues, but like, don't you want things to be better for the next exactly. generation? Like, it's just such a backwards way of thinking, but yeah, I'm like really, really against them. I think the tweet ended up getting like a hundred thousand likes or something. It was wild. Like it was my most viral tweet I've ever had. Like, and I was like on all of these, like these like Reddit pages and all this <laughs> stuff. And I was like, how are like, it's not that shocking. It's obvious that more privileged people can do more internships because, yeah. and then they get ahead because they did the internship at the really cool place in New York because, but little do they, like, exactly. the employer note was unpaid, so. Exactly, 100%, I agree with that. Um, so how was the post-grad job hunt for you? I was, I walked out of my last class and walked into my first job. I was, I'm the exception, not the rule, I'm, and I'm very aware <laughs> of that. Um, I was referred by one of my professors for my first job at a university uh, about a month before I like was finished with classes, not graduated, but finished with classes. Like I literally had to take a day off work to go graduate, which was pretty wow. funny. <laughs> um, so I actually had, had no intention to get a job right away. I wanted to go travel. I knew CBC would still like have me for work um, mm -hmm. as an associate producer there. Like I knew I'd be fine. But when the job at Yahoo came up, it was kind of an unreal opportunity to be a producer at my age right at the school get to create content yeah. for professional like sports teams and stuff and so I couldn't pass it up and so yeah I started school literally like I said work I think I took one week off like I, I walked out of my class and went to a meeting at Yahoo but then I took one week off to go to LA uh to visit some family and then I can't and then I just went right to work I never really had like a, a post-grad break okay that's super cool though it's like good especially like at like such a young age like that to get a job in such a big company is crazy. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was very aware that I was very lucky. I mean, mm -hmm. a year and a half later, they laid off half my team and I was one of them, yeah. but still like it was, it was, it, I was very lucky, but I do understand like the struggles of like, I mean, I even had to go through when I lost my job and had to like try and find a new one. Right. So it's just like, I just like yeah. had to deal with it a little bit later in life, which mm -hmm. was 
different and difficult, but yeah, I know it's, uh, I feel bad for the, the COVID grads right now, especially because I just Me watched too. my sisters go through, my sisters just graduated from their undergrad in, I guess, whatever, March, April. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they were like graduating in peak pandemic is difficult. So like, yeah. I do not envy any, anyone going through that right now. Same. I'm glad that I still have a year, but I don't know if it's going to be like, this is better. Not, I hope not. Pfizer like, vaccine. Let's yes, go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so you currently work as a digital studio producer. Um, what does this job entail? Is it like a nine to five lifestyle? Uh, yes and no. Um, on non-peak times. Yeah. I, it's like nine to five. I mean, I kind of make my own hours depending on the content that needs to be made mm-hmm. with no sports on right now. Really? Yeah. It is nine to five Monday to Friday, but also we adjust according to the schedule when I, it comes Olympic time because CBC is the Olympic rights holder. I will work 25 days straight, 12 hour days every single wow. day. Like that's, that's just how it works. It's how the Olympics mm-hmm. go. You work a long period of time, then you go and take a few weeks off. So it's, um, I, I mean, it isn't nine to five kind of sometimes, but not really. Like sometimes there's going to be days that I have to produce shows that are like seven o'clock at night, or like whatever. Like it's, it's really sports, sports are on at night and when people are at home, not another nine to five. So mm-hmm. in the future, it's going to change. But right now, since we've launched, we've only been Monday to Friday, nine to five, just because we're really finding our bearings. We're just learning how to make content in the studio. Mm-hmm. And then once we've like kind of got that under our belt, I, I can imagine it's going to become a lot more um, nights and weekends. For sure. So like what made you interested in digital media specifically? Like, did you grow up um, liking social media or digital media or anything Mm -hmm. like that? Like what got you interested in this? Honestly, I was on fangirl Twitter when I was growing up. Like when I was in high school, I had a Justin Bieber Twitter account. Um, (laughs) Bieber's one less lonely girl. I was obsessed. But honestly, that's like what got me into wanting to work in digital media, which is so weird to think about when you like my parents thought I was wasting my time, like spending hours on hours on Twitter, yeah. just like tweeting photos and like memes and stuff. But who would have thought that that like gave me the ability to have like a Twitter voice. So I know how to have a social media voice when it comes to like, yeah. social media, content creation and marketing and all that stuff. So I'd say that was actually what made me love it. And then I used to go to Much Music all the time back when I used to do the live shows when I was in high school, I'd come to the city and go and I loved what they did. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And that made me want to work in media. So it's kind of like the whole fangirl experience really like, and my friend, my, my really good friend, Lily, that like I met her through that whole experience. Her and I talk about it all the time, like she works in marketing. And like the reason we do these jobs is literally because of fangirl Twitter, which is kind of wild to think about. And that's definitely what drew me to it. And then just wanted to work in media. And then working in sports specifically just kind of happened like that was kind of a fluke yeah no it's funny that you say that because I told you before in like the email that I sent you like you looked so like I saw you on uh, on TikTok and I was like this girl looks so familiar but like I'm like I don't actually know her and then like one day I was like oh my god I'm like fangirl Twitter like I remember seeing you and I remember seeing that exact like video for like I think it was the One Direction thing I remember seeing all that and I was like, yeah. what, like a small world, like everything like comes together and like, it's just so funny. I know, it's so small. Honestly, like the amount of people that comment on my TikTok, like after I post that One Direction video where I like did the story time about it and people are like, that's why you look so familiar. I was like, it's so weird that like you can remember someone's face from like eight years ago yeah. from like a random television show. It's so bizarre, but it also goes to show how small Toronto and Canada is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you focus on sports in your job a lot. Is there any other focus you'd want to go into in the future? Um, honestly, I'm really open to anything. I would love to make a movie one day, which like mm-hmm. that sounds like so far-fetched to me, but honestly, like I would love to like try and like, th- like that whole world, like, like a- make a drama or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I... I really enjoy sports 
for right now, but like, it's not just the nice thing about sports is sports is actually the hardest one to start in because like a lot of it's live and live is the hardest thing to do. So once you've done sports, it's actually easier to go to everything else. So like the people that like direct the Oscars and all that stuff are usually sports producers because they're used to reacting to like live games and stuff. Right? Yeah. So I think, I think if I ever change my mind, I want to go to something else. Like I, yeah, I, I may, like maybe we'll go work for a brand or something. Like, I don't know. Like I'm really open to anything. I'm not open. Like just because my degree is in sport media does not mean I necessarily want to work in it yeah. forever. So I'm really honestly open to anything. And the nice thing is the skills are all very transferable. Mm-hmm, for sure. So what would you describe a typical day of work for yourself is like? Um, I... If, well, the last two days I wake up and I oversleep and then I get in an Uber <laughs> to get to work because I overslept. And then I get my coffee, go upstairs. The first thing I have is a morning meeting. And then I go through the content calendar that I've made and figure out what videos we're shooting. And if I'm going to be handling them or my AP, my AP has been incredible because like he only just started, but like he really helps me a lot because before it was just me handling everything. So we basically decide to divvy up the day based on like what shoots he's going to be in charge of and what shoots I'm going to be in charge of because I also have to deal with like it's I'm simultaneously like shooting new videos while editing the others and I'm the person in the middle like monitoring both so it's a lot of like multitasking and having to switch my brain from like a basketball project like oh wait now we're doing a swimming thing like a lot of that so I just basically have to be hyper organized and figure out what I can handle and I and then I go through the motions. It's different every day though. Cause I don't, some days it's like, I have one video and it's really low key. Some days I'm just literally doing scheduling and meetings and like mm-hmm. content plans, looking ahead to the Olympics and other days I'm like today where I just had like back to back to back shoots. So it's really different every single day, but it really depends on, uh, if we're doing like short form breaking news content or if we're doing like a podcast that takes more time or whatever. So it's different every day, which is what I like because I get bored Mm -hmm. and distracted very easily. Same, same. Um, so what would you say is the most challenging part about your job? Um, definitely the amount of, I mean, I guess there's two big things that are challenging. First one is like being creative all the time is draining. Like it's really difficult to every day be a hundred percent and be like, Oh my God, I have these great ideas. Because when you're a creative, you tie yourself and your personal worth so closely to your work. It's not like I'm working like at an accounting firm where it's like the numbers are the numbers. Like I can't make up a new number in my head. Yeah. Like it's just numbers are numbers. So I'm like, boop, 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 okay, I'm done. But with, with creative stuff, like you're cr- trying to create something new and different every single day and like better than the last, which is like hard. Like it's, yeah. it's really exhausting. So that's probably the hardest part. The second one would just be uh, time management and organization. It's something that I've, and my, and uh, like passing stuff off to other people, uh, delegating, delegating something I've had yes. to learn to do. Cause it's, again, as a creative, you're so tied to your work. You want to mm-hmm. like do it yourself, but delegating is something I've had to learn to do. And it's been a savior. Like we've been able to prove such better stuff because I've learned to delegate, but it's hard at the beginning because you just want everything to be attached to you. Yeah. And then on the flip side, what would you say is the most rewarding part about your job? Um, the most rewarding part is when I make a piece of content that a lot of people resonate with. So I know that sounds like cliche, like, oh, a lot of people saw something, but like, it's more so if it's like, it, it got a message across or if like it, if it told someone's story that can't tell it themselves, who doesn't have the ability to, we gave someone a platform for something they otherwise wouldn't have. Like those mm-hmm. are the moments where it's like really cool. And also like we're after working in the Olympics, there's really nothing like it. Like you've just come off like 21 days straight, no sleep. You're working like tirelessly with like the small group of people. And in the 
moment you're like exhausted and miserable and it's like so much work. But then when you come out of it, you're like, wow, like I really did that. And it's like, yeah. you put on something that 8 million Canadians watched, which is insane. Crazy. Yeah, for sure. So when and why did you start posting on TikTok? I started posting on TikTok. Well, technically my very first TikTok was a year ago, but I was just learning how to use the app. So I don't mm-hmm. count that. Uh, February is when I started actually posting. So I had pitched TikTok to my old boss like a, a year ago this time uh, before I got laid off and he told me no. And I was like, okay, I, like there's a whole audience there, but okay. And then mm-hmm. after I got laid off, I had started some new jobs and I was like, okay, if I'm going to call myself a digital content producer, I have to know all the platforms. So yeah, I need to know, I know how to use Instagram and Twitter, but like TikTok's new and it's also video and video is what I specialize in. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to like understand it. So I started posting videos as a way to learn how to shoot and edit in app. And then I did a daily vlog and it kind of like popped off. But at that point it was like 25,000 views. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so then I just started, um, posting a couple more. And then it, by at mid-March, I think I'd hit like 1,500 or 2,000 followers. And the running joke with my friends was like, oh, I'm TikTok famous, guys, whatever. <laughs> and then pandemic happened and I lost all my work because I'm a freelancer and sports ended. And yeah, excuse me. Um, I, and work ended and I was like, uh, what do I do now? So I needed something creative to do. I needed like a task to do. Like I need, in order for me to be productive, like I need to have stuff to do and accomplish in yeah. a day. Otherwise I will sit on the couch and feel sad for myself and miserable. So I made a goal to make four TikToks a day, um, two, at least two vlogs and then two like whatever videos. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I just started growing from there. And then I honestly just always had consistent growth. Like I never had a video that like popped off or anything that like I woke up and there was like 40,000 new followers. Like a lot of yeah. people that happens to them on TikTok, but that never happened to me. Like it's literally just always been slow growth, progressive growth so that people just like find my vlogs and enjoy watching me eat toast every day (laughs) so if someone were to ask you what your tiktok is all about what do you usually say i just say i daily vlog my life and the way i explain it to people that maybe don't watch tiktoks is i say i've taken every concept i've learned from watching youtube videos for the past decade and just applied it to tiktok people love people are nosy and people love watching what other people do i've always wanted to vlog i always wanted to do youtube and daily vlog and i just never did it so i was like tiktok's an easy way for me to get that same type of content across Mm -hmm. and i can do it all with my phone and so much faster so i pump out more content like i pump out at least three to four videos a day still even with a full-time job just because it's like when I'm filming, like my friends don't even notice they're running jokes. They're like, we have, we'll like watch a vlog and be like, oh, I'm in it because it's like, it's just your phone. So you're just like, do, do, do. Okay. It's not exactly. Yeah. Just like a vlog camera. Yeah. So do you edit everything within the app or have you tried editing outside of it? Um, I edited outside for a bit, but honestly, it's just easier for me to edit in app. I just shoot and edit in app. I do everything there. They have the voiceover. They have the Billy Dad music. Like there's yeah. really no reason for me to waste more time. Like that's why the second I, I, I don't have like posting times. So the second mm-hmm. I finish a video, I go into the bathroom or I go into a room, even if I'm at a friend's house, I'll like go into the bathroom, and, like do my voiceover. <laughs> and then I will post it there because I just finish it. So then it's real time content opposed to like a YouTube vlog where I would have to post a few days later. And yeah. No, I understand that. Um, Is there ever times you forget to record things and how do you go about that? Uh, Forget to record things. Yes, sometimes. Like today I was touring apartments and I forgot to record one of the apartments, but I actually like... I can fake anything, right? It's a one minute vlog. Like I'm showing people what I want them to see. Like there's things I actively choose not to record too, Mm -hmm. right? Like I plan my day over, I plan my vlogs in advance. Like I know what I'm going to vlog about each day. So I'll know like, oh, today I'm going to do a morning vlog, an afternoon vlog and a night vlog. Or maybe I'm going to do a 
day at work with me, then two night vlogs. And like, I know in advance. So then I know how yeah. to time out my day and what I want to shoot. For sure. So you create mainly day in my life vlogs, grocery hauls and work vlogs. How do you go about making sure like each video isn't exactly the same as the other? Uh, the voiceover is a big part of that. Cause then I just choose like, if I, if I feel my voiceover is getting stale, I'm starting to talk about the same thing. I'll just find one specific thing about the vlog to talk about that. Maybe I talk about a little bit longer. Um, and honestly, the nice thing is one with my job with every day being so different, it's nice that I can do that. And honestly, like I also lean into, lean into it. Like if I'm just going to be watching Grey's Anatomy on my couch every single night, like I'm still going to show that. I still think people mm-hmm. find it just as comforting. Like at the beginning of quarantine, I was doing the same thing every single day. It was groundhog yeah. day. I watched my old videos and it's like avocado toast, coffee, <laughs> maybe do a craft in the afternoon and then watch a movie with Nolan at night. Like it's literally was the same thing every day and people were still, and that's how people started following me. So I'm at a point now where I'm confident enough that like if I have a couple days of stuff that's similar, then whatever. But it also forces me to do different stuff. It'll force me to go for a walk. So I'm like, I can't just fill my apartment again. Let's try and do something different. I feel like the, um, it is like relatable though, because like personally, like myself, like half the time and during quarantine, I was doing the same things every single day. And like, I wasn't doing ex- anything extravagant because we can't. So I feel like people relate to that a lot more and that helps you grow also. 100%. And I think it's because like, think about it when you think of like if I said like oh who's a vlogger like I should watch like most people refer me to people that like live in Los Angeles have million dollar houses Mm -hmm. and like whatever and I'm like that's great to watch within reason but like show me the girl that like lives actually down the street from me and uh like goes to the local grocery store and like cool things she picks up at Metro because that's a grocery store I go to that's like the kind of stuff I think people have started to crave which is why micro influencers and like micro creators have become such a thing recently a hundred percent um so you show like a lot of like your like your day in your life at work how do you know like what you can show and what you can't what you can and can't show well the nice thing is because I create content at work um I'm just doing free promo for them so honestly if they told me I couldn't vlog it'd be like you're so backwards like you might have to fire <laughs> yeah. me it's like what's the point of that like I'm literally giving you free promo um I just don't show like confidential stuff it's the same way as like with yeah. work like when I'm tweeting out our videos like I don't share confidential stuff or stuff that's embargoed meaning like we're not mm-hmm. allowed to share the information yet I mean it's just I already know how to deal with all that because of my job so it doesn't really make it that different for sure. Um, so what's been the best part about having a TikTok account so far? Um, the best part has been, uh, one, getting to like, uh, be like creative every single day and always have something to do. I love it. Like, I just genuinely love making the videos. If I don't like it anymore, I'll stop. Like, I just, it's not like I'm like making a lot of money or anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so it's like not really, I, God, if you asked any of my friends, I never wanted like to gain Instagram followers or any of that stuff. Like it's wild. To, like my friends <laughs> laugh at me because they're like, you didn't do this with the intent of anything. And yeah. so that's been kind of crazy. But I I love that there are like people, it feels like I have like this little community of people that like are like-minded and also like live in the city and are in like our mid twenties and like, and live in Toronto specifically because there's not a lot of Toronto creators that showcase like this type of stuff so yeah. I, I don't know there's just like I love the little community that it's built and like seeing familiar names that come across like the screen when they comment or like or that kind of yeah. stuff it's been really cool for sure so the last part of my podcast I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I got quite a few so I picked some of my favorite you did? ones you actually yeah. got questions okay yeah. <laughs> I literally reposted that I'm like this is gonna be embarrassing when there's no question <laughs> no I actually got some um, okay amazing okay so the first one is what's life like living in Toronto that's a big question um <laughs> I mean I've lived here for 
almost, well, six and a half years now. So life, I guess life living in Toronto is like, I guess anything you want it to be, but it's nice because it's different every week. Like you're just, you have the capability to make it different every single week if Mm -hmm. you want to, but if you want to be lazy and not do anything, you can also do that. But life in Toronto is convenient. Let's say that instead, because there's so many things to do and there's food everywhere. And I can order a pizza or a shawarma or anything. Watch my front door in two seconds. (laughs) Literally. Yes. (laughs) Um, So the next question is if COVID didn't exist anymore, where would the first place you would travel to be um I want to go to London and Paris I've never been to Europe I'm not a huge like I have like a travel bug but not like a huge one like my sisters are really big travelers like they go to Greece and Italy and blah blah mm-hmm. but I think London and Paris because those are two places that are good starter trips for me for Europe and I've just never shut up about wanting to go there so that's definitely two of them but I think realistically the first place I'm going to go or like if it wasn't for COVID or when it's whatever is California because my boyfriend's family has a beautiful beach house there and I just want to go zen out and relax. Yes, yes. So much needed after this. Um, Yes, exactly. If you could go into any other career path, which would it be? Um, Well, my mother would want me to be a nurse, but that wouldn't (laughs) happen. I suck at science and math. Um, I have no idea. Um, Maybe like... I mean, if I say marketing, that's like the same stuff that I do though. It's all relative. It's all relative, right? Like it's all very similar. Um, I don't know. I mean, I work in sport media. I think I would just want to honestly work in film. Like I work in television, but film Mm -hmm. is just like another beast. So I think maybe that if that counts, but that's kind of cheating too, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next one is how, and when did you get verified on Twitter? Uh, so funny. I got verified on Twitter a year ago because I used to cover the Toronto Maple Leafs at my old job. And we were like constantly tweeting about the Leafs and all that. So uh, Twitter, if you work for a company, it's e- the only people that get verified on Twitter are people that are journalists that work for companies now. That's pretty much how it happens. Mm-hmm. So if your company vouches for you, then you get verified. So that's how it happened. It took like, we applied and then it took like four months and one day I just randomly woke up with the blue wow. check mark. So it has not helped me get a blue check mark anywhere else though. It literally means nothing <laughs> anywhere else, but whatever. Um, the next one is, do you plan on doing YouTube or any other social media platform? I literally have everything ready if I want to do a YouTube channel, <laughs> like everything. I've got channel artwork. I've got an open, I've got everything it's just a matter of if I'm gonna bite the bullet and do it I'm really holding off I just started a new job and I'm waiting to see how much mentally that drains me like with creativity because um I was saying this I talked to Carter on her podcast and I was Mm -hmm. explaining to her that when if I was a nurse nine to five I'm a nurse or I'm an accountant or whatever it's and I go home and I want to do YouTube but I'm so excited to create content and stuff. Cause that's like my, my pastime. That's different. But the fact yeah. that I create content nine to five, and then I come home and create more content, regardless of the fact that it's like two separate things, it's still being creative. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, like cre- being creative all the time is draining. Yes. I just don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I know myself, I'm by no means a perfectionist, but I am like a try hard. So I won't, um, I won't be happy if I'm not doing it hundred mm-hmm. percent. I'm going to, and then something we'll have to give, right? Like I'll have to either like give up doing as many TikToks a week or I'll have to give up like ta- me time with my friends and family. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to announce another lockdown in Toronto this week. And maybe that's just going to be the thing that forces me to do it because if they do that, then like I'm going to have nothing else to do. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big, it's a probably, like I'll probably do mm-hmm. YouTube. It's just a matter of when. And that's, 
I'm looking at 2021 because I'm moving and I just feel like a moving vlog is a very easy way to start. Yes. But I think it's smart the way you're going about it too, because it does take time and people think like, oh, you just film it and then you edit it and like, you just put it up and like, Mm -hmm. that's it. But like, it takes so much time and especially because you do do like a nine to five, then you do other things on the side and you do need time for yourself. Cause if you don't take any time for yourself, you're just going to have like a mental breakdown. Well, also like if I don't do anything for myself, what am I going to show in the videos? Exactly. Yeah, like, that's no one true. just wants to see me sitting at a computer all day. Like that's not interesting. Yeah. So I just, I really wouldn't want to do it if I can't put, I know I'll never be able to put hundred percent every single thing that I do, but something's going to have to give and I won't be able to do it unless I like really plan that out and figure it out. So we'll see we'll see. Maybe we'll just drop a YouTube video randomly one day and we'll see how she does. <laughs> yes. Um, and the last question is, do you have any tips for someone? I'm going to repeat that. Do you have any tips for someone wanting to start a career in digital media? Um, just be really good at branding yourself online. Whether you have like zero followers or a hundred followers or a hundred thousand, like branding yourself online is like your resume more so than anything else. Also just like, don't give it to ask for people for coffee and stuff. Most jobs in digital media are not posted. Most of them are referrals and most of them it's who, you know, and that sucks because I came to the city not knowing anybody. So trust me, it's trash. And I hate that it's all who, you know, but mm-hmm. definitely just like, don't be afraid to like meet people and put yourself out there and like network and message people LinkedIn or go to conferences or like whatever uh because that's how you're gonna get your job most likely awesome well that's all i had for you today so before you go do you want to shout out your socials for anyone listening that might not know you yet it is sarah jenkins xo i hate the xo but it's there (laughs) it's been there forever i couldn't change it i made it when i was like 12 or 13 whatever uh sarah jenkins xo and everything on tiktok twitter instagram everything i'm almost at 10 count instagram so if you want to follow me on instagram that's like the priority (laughs) I'm such a loser. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. That was fun. Thank you so much. That was great. Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really do hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you didn't know who Sarah was already, I hope you were interested in her story. And if you knew who she was, I hope you got to learn a little bit more about her. If you want to support her journey, don't be shy. Go follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, Get her to 10K on Instagram. That would be so cool. Um, And if you want to follow me and support my journey, please don't be shy. My Instagrams are either at BehindTheGirlBoss or at It's Amanda Wan. You can also follow me on YouTube. Um, My YouTube is It's Amanda Wan. And yeah, that's about it. Please don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And I hope that you enjoyed it, like I said. And I will hear you next time. Bye.